I am a sucker for a good Jane Austen film. Ugh, here we go again. Of course, Jane Austen's book Pride and Prejudice hogs the spotlight, but Emma is one of my favorite books of hers. And the 1996 version of Emma with Gwyneth Paltrow is still one of my favorite adaptations of the book. I like Jane Austen only in the context that the movie Clueless is loosely based off Emma, but how much you gush over period (laughs) pieces, I knew that you were excited for this latest take on the book. So excited. Oh my God. All right, all right. Calm down. Don't break your garters. She's Kaylee. I'm Tuesday. Mind your manners. This is Whiskey and Popcorn. So I walked into this movie knowing a little bit about the story of Emma. I mean, I did see Miss Paltrow's rendition after all. But Kaylee, as our resident Jane Austen fanatic, can you summarize the story for us? With pleasure, Ms. Marl. Oh, getting fancy, are we? One must always mind their manners, dear, as you so kindly informed us at the top Ah. of this review. So... Emma, for those of you who don't know, centers on one young Miss Woodhouse, a.k.a. Emma. She is the second daughter of the Woodhouse family, lives with her father, who is something of a hypochondriac, kind of, sort of. Emma is extremely wealthy and has lived a life of ease and comfort all her days. And the story begins with a marriage. Her governess and best friend, Miss Taylor, now Mrs. Weston, is the one at the altar. And Emma laments losing her best friend to marriage, although she preens about making that marriage happen due to her expert matchmaking. And this talent, or not, is debated throughout the entire story. She befriends a new young woman, Miss Harriet Smith, and is determined to see her married well. The only problem is is that Emma is not the excellent matchmaker she thinks she is. And despite her well-meaning intentions, all her efforts end up in rather hilarious disasters. Overseeing her hapless endeavors is her longtime friend and eventual love interest, Mr. George Knightley. And he views her efforts as badly done, but sees the good in Emma as she tries to help her fellows. Here's a clip from the trailer. This one house! You will never guess what has happened. Robert Martin has offered me his hand. Do you advise me? Oh, no, no, no. The words must be your own. You must be the best judge of your own happiness. I have now quite determined and really almost made up my mind to refuse Mr. Martin. Emma. Mr. Knightley. This is your doing. She is the natural daughter of nobody knows. Sorry, Upon my word, you should not make matches. Whatever you say always comes to pass. Mr. Elton, Miss Harriet Smith. <laughs> he is in love with you. Well, who can think of Miss Smith when Miss Woodhouse is near? Oh, Mr. Elton! <clears throat> oh, dear. She always declares that she will never marry. I have no thoughts of matrimony at present. Which, of course, means just nothing at all. You must never leave me, Emma. Good heavens, have I missed the party? 
So as you could hear, this story is a little bit like a comedy of errors, with the best intentions falling flat and the frivolities of the upper class exposed in humorous situations and, well, sometimes in not-so-funny situations. Let me guess. Emma is a book you have read, correct? Yes. I fiercely reread it before the film to refresh my memory, and I found it just as delightful as always. I mean, the book is just ridiculously funny. Jane Austen just has a real knack for character development and writing and getting into their thoughts. I'm glad you think so. (laughs) And, okay, so you said that you liked the Gwyneth Paltrow adaptation, so how do you feel about this one? Well, I think right off the bat, Anya Taylor-Joy, who plays Emma in this version, felt almost too young. Emma's supposed to be in her early 20s, but Anya looks and acts like a teenager when she's portraying Emma. And while Gwyneth Paltrow might have appeared too old in that 1996 version, she felt more natural with the character and more believable, in my opinion. Anya made... Emma too snobby and there's almost a vindictiveness in her portrayal that just didn't ring true to the Emma that I know and love from the book. Well, I did like Anya's portrayal. I can see where you're coming from with she is a bit young, especially compared to Paltrow's role. But my thought initially going into the movie was, did we really need to make a remake of this? But okay, so... Again, you thought Anya was too young, but did you like the film? Well, you know, there's always a challenge with adapting books. Uh, You know, you miss a lot of that inner dialogue of the characters. And so as actors, you really have to work hard to emote those thoughts through your actions. And gosh, Anya's portrayal was just not at all true to Emma's character whatsoever. Well, having way too many friends who consider themselves matchmakers, (laughs) I thought that the whole movie was cute. Really, I was kind of eyeing Mr. Knightley quite a bit. Uh, What did you think of him? Um, He is played by Johnny Flynn in this version. I'm so attached, though, to the Jeremy Norton version. He was the 1996 uh, Mr. Knightley with uh, opposite Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, tall, dark, and handsome is definitely my type cliched, though it might be. And he fits the bill. Flynn, on the other hand, I mean, he's blonde and blue-eyed and just doesn't do it for me. Also, he felt too young as well. Mr. Knightley is supposed to be 37. Flynn does not look 37 years old to me at all. But as far as the way he acted out the character, he felt more true to who Mr. Knightley is than Anya did with Emma. Well, at least I know that you and I will never fight over the same boy. Okay, I can't believe we've gone this far without talking about costuming. It is a period piece, after all. Yes. um, You know, normally I'm really paying attention to the costuming. This time it kind of took a back seat for me. Like, I was paying attention and I was noticing it, particularly interested in the hats and bonnets that they were doing because they were definitely more noticeable than I've seen in other Regency period films, like some much more stiffer type bonnets than more of the kind of softer ones that I've seen in other films. Not sure which one's actually the historically accurate version. You know, the hairstyle of the Mrs. Elton character made me lift a brow. She had like some weird funky, like it looked like it was supposed to be like a bow on her head, but a bow made of her hair. And it was really weird. (laughs) I I don't know know what was going on there. 
But all the men were just deliciously dressed. I mean, even if Mr. Knightley in this version wasn't quite the looker in the face, like his body was on point with those high-waisted pants and coats and all those wonderful things. Um, you know, I, I feel like it just fit, but I don't. I can't say that this is going to wow anybody beyond, like, you. it does set the time and place. That's so funny, because I thought the costuming was on point. <laughs> like, it, it kept distracting me almost. It was very eye-catching, factual to what my knowledge is, very elegant. I really, really liked it. So that's really interesting that you were kind of whatever about it. Uh, okay, again, I asked, did you like the film? I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to, and I didn't. I walked out of there feeling very disappointed. Everybody has their own take on it. Again, it's just Anya did not work for me as Emma. All right. I feel like she really did not capture who Emma was. Because, I mean, Emma does have this frivolity and this um, superiority about her and privilege, but she is not a mean-hearted person at all. She's always coming from a good and earnest place. And Anya's Emma felt like there was that veneer of, I am better than you, that was really played up. It's a subtle difference. That is not who Emma is. Like She, she does think highly of herself, but she doesn't do it in such a way where she is snobby or vindictive or that holier than thou. So in the book, she's never like, I'm rich and bored, let's mess with people's lives kind of no, feel? Okay. No, it never comes from that place. It's always coming from a place of affection and love. Like with Harriet Smith, who she attaches herself to, we don't know who Harriet's parents are. Emma's convinced that she is some gentleman's daughter and nothing's going to change her mind. And she wants her to marry well. This is why she pushes throughout the whole film to, like, you know, marry the the vicar, uh, Mr. Elton, or marry the stepson of her, of uh, Mrs. Weston, who is Frank Churchill, who's also a well-to-do gentleman. Like, she wants to see her married well and taken care of, not the farmer that Harriet Smith is actually in love with. Uh, now, her discounting of Harriet's feelings, that part can come across as, like, uncomfortable. But again, the way it's written in the book, the way I interpret it, she's not doing it from a mean place. She's doing it like you deserve so much more. And I've been in those situations where I've had friends where I look at their the person they're going out with and I'm like, dude, you deserve so much better. And that's not from a bad place. So. No, it's, it's not. And I just... I. They missed the mark on that for me. And I think that's huge. Whether or not you're going to like Emma is contingent on whether or not the actress can pull off that distinction. Agreed. And yeah. Anya just didn't do it. And I, I don't know if it was really Anya or if it was because of the director, Autumn D. Wilde. Was it her direction? Was it a combination of both? Maybe. It's, it was hard for me to tell. But I just... Uh, there was too much working against Anya, in my opinion, to make this work for me. But That's what fair. I mean, what about you? You know, it it was cute. <laughs> Did it need to get made again? Probably not. But you know, it's easier than writers working hard and making new material, right? <laughs> oh, burn! Sorry, guys. I always get a little cocky after we come back from Sundance, but. 
you know, I still think that Clueless is the best Austin adaptation, and this movie didn't really change that perspective. If anything, it was just nice to see Bill Nye on screen since his passing. May he rest in peace. Mm, yeah, he he was fantastic as uh, Mr. Woodhouse, Emma's father. And I feel like he actually, out of everybody, fully captured his character. Uh, oh, completely. He, he is such a comedic relief character, but he is a delightful person. Uh, although probably and really annoying to live with because he is constantly worried about getting sick in the weather and we must stay indoors <laughs> but he's very cute yes very much like the worryful like grandma almost yeah so i would say diehard jane austen fans might walk away with my thoughts that this film just didn't do emma justice for those of you who care less about those things you still might have a good time and especially if you like period pieces or costume driven pieces you know this will give you your fix i'd say well i feel like it's maybe time for a drink i couldn't agree more my dear wonderful Ms. well marl <laughs> as the gentleman i am may you go first oh mr marl then um <laughs> I am going to go period style with a glass of Madeira wine with a splash of water, as you did during Regency period. Of course. I went a little ahead in time, but that was because in all, Emma's just sweet and kitschy and a good time. And that always reminds me of Mary Pickford who was America's sweetheart in the 1920s, where she regularly starred along with Charlie Chaplin in silent films. For her drink, it is rum, pineapple juice, grenadine, and to top it all off, a maraschino cherry. Yeah, I feel like that could be an Emma drink for sure. Totally. (laughs) Well, always stay in fashion by following our podcast. We'll tell you what to see and what to avoid. And it's super easy. Just subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. Keep up to date on podcast and movie news by following and liking us on social media. For Tuesday, I'm Kaylee. You've been listening to Whiskey and Popcorn. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the movies. (laughs) 